Welcome to another episode of the Ninja Tune Podcast. As ever, my name's Dexter and I am your host, and I am delighted to be joined by Matt Black and John Moore, who are better known as Cold Cut. Alongside them is Peter Quick, who is the label manager, and we're here to talk a little bit about the 20th anniversary of Ninja Tune, the Ninja Tune XX 
celebrations. There's a compilation coming out. There's a series of gigs all around the world. Loads of stuff going on. You can check it all out at ninjatunexx.net. But first of all, I would like to say welcome to all of you and a massive congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. I've read that you founded Intertune as a rejection of the music industry and I suppose all the evils that it can entail. And also to be free as artists, I guess. Um, so was it an easy move for you guys to make? It wasn't really a question of whether it was easy or not. It was a question of doing it because that was the only way that Matt and I could see out of the morass of looking at the mud and not at the sunrise that we'd uh, found ourselves in not through any fault of our own necessarily but that was the way of the world at that time and our relationship to the major label industry and so we've described it before but the forming of Ninja Tune was our multi-coloured escape pod Yeah, this is like 1990 so we were on tour in Japan with uh, Norman Cook actually doing our first tour there and we've already been doing music full time for a few years we'd started actually a label called Ahead of Our Time to release our own tracks and then we got caught up being signed to other labels and then Ninja was as John says the escape pod to blast out of the sort of swamp of the music business we found ourselves in fantasy with honour freedom with honour so where did the name Ninja Tune come from was it part of this uh, aim to break out and, uh, and to escape and become free Well, as Matt just said, we were on tour in Japan and both of us, I think, independently had seen various ninja items, as you would, in Japan. And I'd seen this quite old ninja film on the television and I didn't understand the Japanese and I think I just turned the volume down in the hotel room. And when you turn the volume down on a television programme or even on a film, you realise how much that sound provides you start to see the gaps in the picture and I started to think that actually this is all about like trapdoors smoke and mirrors and you know here there were these ninjas roving from town to town entertaining people with this slightly kind of circus like stroke magician like thing and then Matt found a cutout and keep ninja I think yeah, there was a magazine with an article about how to be ninja with these little cutouts that you could uh, take and set up. And John and I are sort of collectors, so we're attracted by things like that. And yeah, the idea of the ninja as being a sort of identity that we could take on and camouflage ourselves and produce new identities to slip in and out of the sort of gaps in the machine was what prompted Ninja Tune. This seems like a logical place to ask for uh, an early record from when you were first starting out in Ninja to play out in the podcast. I got a plump for um, two-player extreme possibilities. It was actually only three months ago when I was watching late-night television and there was a repeat of a certain sci-fi programme that I realised where the sample actually came from. I open myself to extreme possibilities. It's interesting you say that about being collectors as we're sat here in your office surrounded by crate upon crate of vinyl. Would you say that's uh, sort of important to you being a collector? Is it sort of a big thing in the music that you make? 
certainly, you know, samples of, as anybody who knows Colpat knows, that they're the fundamentals, though they may become the ghosts in the machine eventually on quite a few tunes. They are the inspiration and DJing for me, I'm still well into it. And so, yeah, there's my boxes of seven inches behind me there and various other crates. a good time to break for one of your all-time favourite ninja tunes. Have you got a selection? Sarah Jones and DJ Vadim, Your Revolution, classic. Your revolution will not happen between these thighs. Your revolution will not happen between these thighs. Your revolution will not happen between these thighs. The real revolution ain't about booty size. The Versace's you buys or the Lexus you drives. And though we've lost Biggie Small, baby, your notorious revolution will never allow you to lace no lyrical douche in my bush. Your revolution will not be you killing me softly with Fuji. Your revolution ain't gonna knock me up without no ring and produce little future MCs. Because that revolution will not happen between these thighs. Your revolution will not find me in the backseat of a Jeep with LL hard as hell. You know, doing it and doing it and doing it well. You know, and doing it and doing it and doing it well. Your revolution will not be you smacking it up, flipping it, or rubbing it down. Nor will it take you downtown or humping around. Because that revolution will not happen between these thighs. Your revolution will not have me singing. Ain't no nigga like the one I got. Faking between these thighs because the real revolution. That's right. I said the real revolution. You know, I'm talking about the revolution when it comes. It's gonna be real. It's gonna be real. It's gonna be real. It finally comes. It's right. It finally comes. It's gonna be real. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, from this kind of escape pod for yourselves, what led you taking that to um, into starting to release other artist material? Yeah, initially, as you say, the Ninja Tune was really designed for John and me to release our own material and create these identities like DJ Food and Bogus Order and have some freedom. But we did find quite quickly that we attracted other sort of like-minded people. And I think that was for two reasons. Firstly, because we kind of converged on this style that became called trip hop. 
which came from a love of hip-hop but not having any decent rappers around we decided to just make do with samples and take hip-hop in a more abstract direction and other people were you know having the same idea so ninja tune quite quickly became a kind of focal point for that and uh, there was also a certain kind of freewheeling alternative philosophy that we stood for and i think people already knew that cold cut were kind of you know holding up a bit of a flag saying fuck off to the music business let's do it ourselves and of course we got that from the punk era but we were some of the first people to do it in the emerging area of electronic music and dj culture so that attracted people also with a kind of rebellious spirit john have you got a selection for one of your favorite ninjas i'm gonna have to go for amon tobin and four ton mantis that's my one i think um, a slow track that sounds really fast, any way I can describe it. say that was something you're aiming for when you were starting out and I guess something that built the longevity of the label you wanted to kind of give a home to artists and give them a sort of bit more of creative freedom and also I guess for you to create a sort of the sort of label that you yourselves would want to be signed to and so did they did they flock to you as this or did you go out seeking other artists to sign yeah I think the uh Ninja Tune started as uh, as Cold Cuts label, it is Cold Cuts label, and so it, it it started by an artist, and it was intended to be a label that artists wanted to be on and enjoy being on. And we tend to we try to see things from the artist's point of view. I think that directly came out of Cold Cut having felt we got a bit shafted by the music business, and so we wanted to set up something where the artists made the decisions and had a lot more freedom. So that's been an important part of the Ninja Tune aesthetic. For instance, if an opportunity comes in to license a track for use in an advert, we let the artist make that decision. And occasionally that's something that perhaps, you know, John and I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but we've kind of followed that through that it's about letting the artist have as much freedom as possible to choose their own path and make their own mistakes if necessary. So, Pete, what would your choice of an early ninja cut be to uh, to slap in at this juncture? I'm trying not to think of this trap, but I think it's, it has to be uh, Mr Quick Cuts the Cheese because I'm so chuffed to have a song with my name in it. <laughs> So we're here sort of t- discussing and I guess celebrating the 20th anniversary of Ninja Tune. Did, would you say that when you started out you had any notion that you'd still be going in two decades, let alone running something as wide-ranging as what you've got today? 
Um, I, I didn't. I didn't have any idea at all that we'd be here in 20 years. But then I don't really have an idea of what's going to happen next year. So, other than that, we've got lots of artists delivering records. Saying if we realised we'd be around in 20 years' time, it's like saying if you realised you'd be alive for the next 20 years. You hope you will be, but you can't be sure, and you don't have really much idea of how the landscape's going to pan out. So that's what makes it exciting. And here comes another selection from Matt. It's one of his all-time Ninja Tune favourites. But who could forget Mr Scruff get a move on? your sort of artist friendly approach and giving a home to I suppose what you could see as outsiders do you guys see yourselves as outsiders it's funny because actually I didn't really on one hand think of Colcutt as an outsider in reality I wanted to be an insider I think with Colcutt but I think we are and I think most of the artists on Ninja have that state as well I totally always felt a bit of an outsider but then we've kind of gathered a collection of oddballs together who've kind of created identities, cut and paste identities from the scrapbook of pop culture in a way. So I think that we do have a, a tribal feel and something that binds us together is that we are all outsiders, but then everyone's an outsider in some ways. I mean, we've always tried to put out music that's a bit different. We've never followed... We, when trip hop became on the inside, we didn't want to be part of it because it became sickeningly kind of smooth and unadventurous. The same with big beat, the same with drum and bass, the same with lots of sorts of music. We we've never wanted to do dubstep straight down the line. But uh, there's so many amazing things have come out of dubstep and so many different offshoots of music and it's made music really exciting. So for us, it's been about seeing the fringes of the outsides of all those sorts of music and those developments in music. So from that sense, we're on the outside too, I think. So, John, it's time for another pick from you. What would uh, one of your all-time favourites be? Uh, Spank Rock, Rick Rubin, cracking track, cracking person.
shit? Is it just I slick or is it off key? Is it just too hip or is it too fucking for your regular bitch? Is it the very reason they shit on my dick? Well, is it? Is it racking? Is it simply shocking? Is it done too well? Then you like to watch it? Is it off the gnarly? Hot some barley? Ooh, child, who are we? Y'all sorry? Is it not enough? Is it just too much? Is it out of touch or is it the touch? Is it that creation you've been patiently waiting for? Bloody as fuck, raw, so fully hard, but does it get you moving? Is it too confusing? Am I losing you with these theories are proven? Is it? Ain't nobody tryna fuck with me now I'm trying to ensure I'm the rule in this town Like Ronnie Bobby, Ricky, Mike, I hope you're cool in it now Rappers act like we own something these days Think it ain't legendary when they really a craze Tell mothers not to worry cause it's simply a phase The baseball card collecting up right on stage Might just raise the fist to ignite this rage Extend the devil horns to engage in an insane exchange Lines from this brain's joke into the system like some real cocaine Slaying trash left from hanging like a runaway slave Finger eyes to gaze the permanent And Mr. Race in my footsteps Revolutionaries the hood best Hand clap, don't hold back cause I rock that Sort of ever-evolving nature of music and particularly sort of dance music and what's going on at the cutting edge of that do you consciously look for it or do you let it come to you i guess what i'm asking is uh, sort of what's your a and r process i'd say there's a certain restlessness that's part of that outsider thing it's maybe it's just a form of snobbishness but there is a drive to find out what's going to be next and uh, you know, once something's become too established and comfortable, we are restless to find out what, where it's going to go. Because as something sort of bubbles up from the underground, comes up to the overground, and then sort of generally kind of fossilizes, then there's always something recycling back in the underground, ready to, to bubble up somewhere else in a different place. So I guess we kind of have quite a good nose for sensing where that's going to be and, and tracking it. The other thing is that actually a lot of the time we're following our artists. So from an A&R point of view, we, you know, it's what our artists want to do. And also artists that we're excited by who aren't necessarily at the cutting edge of the underground. At this point, Pete, I think we should get in another one of your favourite tracks if you've got a selection for us. Eyes Down by Bonobo is, is amazing. I suppose Ninja Tune, with, with this approach and you know, constantly finding something new and, and following the evolution of music and, you know, and, and the shifting nature of it, um, would you say that there's a ninja sound or is there, I guess, a ninja approach to making music? Well, we usually slip out of this tricky question by referring to the ninja nose. There is a sound there and there is a spirit there with the artists. 
And so each artist has a strong individuality, but there is this commonness which is very difficult to put your finger on. So in a way, it's easier to identify Ninja Tune as what we're not rather than what we are. So what aren't you? Well, the list's too long to mention, but we're not crap. That would probably be the one that was at the top. When Matt and John started, I, I think I'm right in saying that the idea was that they would put out any sort of music they wanted. And, and the, the music they were making at that time ranged from hip-hop to disco to rave to house music to a bit of sort of funky rock music and all sorts of things. They're inspired a lot by the cut-up um, records by Steinsky. But when Ninja Tune really started steaming along, we did focus on instrumental, uh, as Matt said, abstract hip-hop instrumental beats. And so that was kind of what the Ninja sound was in 1995. It was soul, jazz, hip-hop in a kind of instrumental, slightly abstract form. But since then, it's, it's evolved in so many different ways that that it's quite difficult to see that at the heart of it. So it's a lot broader than that. I think it's a really good question, is there a ninja sound? And as Pete just said, yeah, we started off doing all kinds of stuff and then we kind of focused it down. And one of the key uh, good marketing decisions we took was to have our own section in a record shop because we're making lots of different types of music. And if they were all split up in the different categories, it just kind of got lost. So we went around and we actually made the dividers and printed Ninja Tune at the top and had our own section. And that was a, a good way to focus people's attention on it. I think in the last 20 years, there've been cycles um, of people narrowing and then broadening out again. And I think now we're in quite a broad headspace. Most people with musical taste is quite broad. And that's partly due to the massive availability of music now. And I think that's a really positive. And Ninja Tune, has kept up with that by being able to put out all these different sorts of music. So perhaps there's less of an obvious Ninja Tune sound than there was in 1995, when yeah, it was pretty much focused on this thing that people call trip hop. Um, but now it's more about what makes a ninja is some kind of character that's manifest in the music. An artist who's had some experiences and can express them in their music so you can feel something of the soul of that artist and that's really what art and music is about and it's why people relate to creators of art and music so if you think of any of the artists on ninja tune they're all quite unique and they've all have quite a strong character that you can feel in their music so i think that really encapsulates more than a sound what is ninja so I'd like to talk a little bit now about your club night stealth. Was that really important in you fusing what you were doing and also seeing people enjoying the music you were making? We'd done lots of nights before and they'd always been appeared really esoteric and almost nobody turned up or very few people turned up or they were just very small events and uh, then we had the, we we put on a launch party for the DJ Food album that Matt and John and uh, PC and Strictly Kev produced, uh, Recipe for Disaster, in October 1995 at the Blue Note, and the, it was a riot. There were queues around the block, and 
I, Ninja Tune had just, just its time had come, I guess. And uh, so we we started Stealth proper in December '95, and did it monthly for about nine months, and uh, it was great fun. Would there be a tune that any, or I guess all of you, would pick to uh, really crystallise what was going on at that time? Is there a real essential, I guess, quintessence of what was going on then? Square Pusher remix of DJ Food, Scratch Your Head, with a wonderful toothbrush sample in it. I think with Stealth, we got the assault right, as it were. And when I say assault, I kind of mean that, because everything, you know, the visual assault... The audio assault, the people that were with us, Shane, important part of it, Susie, important part of it. There was a certain full onness to it. I think it was possibly that we were so excited to have a, a crowd where, in the past, Peter said it had been slightly esoteric and maybe the ratio of boys to girls was always wrong. But, you know, when Stealth hit, it was a great across-the-board um, group of people. And it was full-on, because some weeks you get Square Pusher playing bass along to tracks. Other weeks you get somebody else turn up and do something. Sometimes we didn't know what was happening. And at the centre of it was this four-deck thing, which at the time was quite unusual. DJing had just become kind of fashionable, I suppose but everyone used two decks and we decided to use four decks. And that's part of the full on this, having four decks. I mean, people had done four decks before, but uh, that was definitely a, a hot part of the night. get a magic moment when what you're doing just mixes really well with what people are ready for. We'd done stuff in the past which was really cool and actually had the ingredients but it's like they say nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. Conversely nothing can start an idea whose time hasn't come so the reason that Stealth blew up was because the actual time was right so that was down to a whole mix of factors and you know enough people had become aware that there was a new London scene happening and we we're in the right place at the right time, having helped create it, but also just being lucky enough to take that position and take it forward. You know, people can recognise that when the moment is right, and it, then it just snowballs because it gets hyped and it attracts more and more people. We did have a lot of good things converging there. I mean, the light surgeons, for instance, were a bunch of guys who'd written to us a few months before saying, you know, could they come and do something? And, the letter was just stuck up on a, a filing cabinet in Ninja Tune. And one day we thought, hey, let's invite these guys down. And they became a real big part of the impact of what John called the assault of the night, and providing a very appropriate and powerful visual aspect to the fucked up, cut up, processing, scratching, sounds you had the visuals that really matched it in coming a lot of them really analog with slide projectors and so on so like john says it was a full-on assault and people were ready for something like that
Square Pusher remix of Scratch Your Head with the, of course, the toothbrush sample that I'm sure you picked up there. Matt, do you have another pick for us now? Uh, Kid Koala is also another favourite son of Ninja and Basin Street Blues is a favourite of mine. Right now, right now, we're going to get together and give you a tune that we have a lot of requests for, 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 version of, for, of, for, of, for. already uh, talked a little bit about the audiovisual side of what you're doing live but ninja's always had a very strong visual aspect you know in terms of design and you know the look of the records the logo even was that visual sort of design side something that you really took uh, took seriously right from the start the initial ninja graphic style was put together by a very good friend of mine called mark porter and he was really into this kind of super heavy type and big bold logos and then a friend of his Michael Bartolos designed the first Ninja Tune logo so I think John and I always recognised that strong graphic identity was a real important part of a record label and On You Sound Adrian Sherwood's label is in some ways an inspiration for Ninja Tune when I was a student these like 10 inch singles in black and white sleeves very strong look uh, definitely had an influence so we knew it was important to get that right but it was really when Strictly Kev came on board that it took the graphics to an, another level he took over from Mark and Kev and his mates were students from Goldsmiths who were doing these underground squat parties called Telepathic Fish which were pretty legendary as well with Mixmaster Morris and Aphex Twin um, one of them, Chantel, became Mira Kalex on Warp later on. So, a pretty influential uh, bunch of uh, you know young bloods came up at that time. And Kev was really the one that came on board with Ninja, and over the years has been the powerhouse that's created our graphic identity, and not just created it, kept it evolving, kept it strong and interesting. And he's a sort of favourite son of Ninja because he's a great musician and DJ and also has the, the graphic and visual skills as well. So I think we recognised pretty early on that Kev was a major talent and it was very <laughs> good to have him on side. Yeah, Kev would always just turn in things and you'd think, wow, that's amazing, perfect. So, yeah, big up Kev. I also wanted to ask if there was, for any of you, a real defining artist, if there was a Ninja signing that really, you know, changed the game for all of you. Cold cut. <laughs> I mean, I think they, the cold cut defined the way the label is, and 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 that's at the centre of it. There've been lots of uh, other people around it. I don't think there's any one in particular. Amon Tobin's a, a genius. Kikwala's a genius of turntables, and the Cinematic Orchestra uh, proved themselves to be 
incredible. There are so many people, Mr. Scruffs, you know, in his own area, he's, he's at the pinnacle of his own part of music and there are so many other people. The cinematic orchestra is a fascinating outfit because the main guy, Jason Swinscoe, was working in the Ninja Tune office. Just he was a music lover who came to the label because he wanted to work for a label and then he put a, uh, a track together by pasting a load of jazz samples together and it was unlike anything else and we put it out and it just went on from there and now he's absolutely one of the biggest acts on the label and you know, actually pretty much a household name with kind of hip people around the world so in a way cinematic kind of um, it was a key signing for Ninja Tune, something that we helped grow ourselves. Cinematic Orchestra took us, really took us outside of beats music into something completely different and explored the, the jazz side of the label, if you like, in a way that no one else had done. Uh, Roots Maneuver, obviously, we should talk about Big Dada. Roots Maneuver is a complete uh, legend and that uh, defined the Big Dada label in lots of ways. And now it seems as if we're used to the Shegri. We made our beds and now we hate where these beds be Took nothing at all to part this Red Sea I'm a shackled child, singing the good song of freedom They've got no pride, they interrupt our grieving Teardrops dropping for the pain of the world My best friend dies when she was just a young girl Left me here to fend for myself Now the pain never leaves, we just learn to cope So when the devil needs hanging will you tie up the rope and shout pull? Let's put an end to this bull Zen thing How many years before we practice what we preach? How many tears before we truly clinch the peak? Only to find that there is no honey on the moon Official goon with the unofficial crew I'm all things to all men All of the women, all the children Just say when and I'll take it till my child is Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? I'm all things to all men All of the women, all the children Just say when and I'll take it to my TARDIS Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? I'm all things to all men All of the women, all the children Just say when and I'll take it to my TARDIS Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? I'm all things to all men all of the women, all the children Just say when and I'll take it till my TARDIS Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? Did you, I suppose, set out to become businessmen? Or do you even feel like that now? Or are you still music men to the core? Yeah, I think that phrase, it's all about music, is great. And Pete came up with the phrase of careful with the cash, crazy with the music. I think the reason we've survived is actually because we do have a certain pragmatic understanding of the music business. And a lot of sort of more hippie labels, are, like Penny from Crass, the original punk band, said, how actually, how do you keep the label going? Because we never managed it. We found we were losing money on every record that we pressed. And we've managed to avoid that by putting some sound business practices in. So much as a kind of don't really check for Margaret Thatcher, I guess in some ways we were children of the 80s and we realised that you know, business could work and is combining business with art and music. It's a tricky balance, but we've somehow managed to do it. 
Matt, can we have another favourite from you to stick in here? I've always really loved Funky Porcini, Long Road, which kind of epitomised a certain moment in the evolution of the scene where I think a lot of people have been taking E realise that they could have an even better time chilling out and it's got a very sort of lushed up feeling to it. So what Ninja Records should be, we be really excited about at the moment? What have you got coming up on the horizon that you're really salivating an expectation for? So we've got a ton of things coming up. We've just released the Andrea Triana album and the Chemist album, and we've got the, we've got the Roots Maneuver Duppy Writer album just dropping, which is fantastic. And uh, the Eskimo album, very heavy glitch deep album coming at the beginning of October and of course the Ninja Tune XX box set the monstrous creation uh, with 106 pieces of music nearly all brand new uh, with a with the hardback book and posters and stickers and seven inch singles so we're all very excited to see that come out and uh, next year we're looking at Toddler T album that'll be a fantastic very exciting album Emika making a new album and also Cold Cut in the studio with Switch at the moment Cinematic Orchestra have been recording in New York and London Scruff and Amon Tobin are both uh, finishing albums for next year The Bugs just about to go into the studio with uh, Adrian Sherwood to make a dub album and we're putting out the Brain Feeder albums the Teebs album and a Gas Lamp Killer EP and a Mr. Wazo vinyl album. And uh, of course we've got the third part of the DJ Food Trilogy coming at the uh, end of this year or the beginning of next and an album to follow. So everyone's very excited about that, been waiting a while and it can be brilliant. So of course that box set is available from the 20th of September. It's going to be packed with brilliant stuff. You know, you guys don't need convincing. But uh, you can pre-order it now. The Ninja Tune XX box set is out on the 20th of September. So finally, please forgive me, I've got to ask the question. Where do you see yourselves in another 20 years? Well, hopefully the technology will have improved to such an extent that I will still be... I'm able to get up the spiral staircase in the office because I'll be 73, I think, if that's right, in 20 years' time. But I'll be hopefully sitting here, if I can remember anything, not dribbling, talking about how we're doing on the 40th anniversary. <laughs> I just dribble that again. With the 20th, we wanted to look forward, not look back. It would have been very easy to do like a retrospective, but as Pete said, with the box set and all the other stuff we're doing, it's very much a concentration on looking forward. And we've got pretty much, a, we've got a great selection of some of the new up and coming talents who are associated with Ninja Tune, people like Dorian Concept. Floating Point's just been recording a bunch of new stuff for us at Abbey Road, which is pretty exciting. And yeah, we are fully facing forward and uh, things are looking really good actually and it's quite an exciting time in electronic music I think we all sense that the last couple of years with dubstep and wonk and flying lotus and things have really blown up again and it's interesting again so there's this kind of dance between rock and electronic music where you know one is hipper at a certain moment and then the other one takes over but it's a dance and actually of course we both trade off with each other and we're not separate from that at all but it's an exciting time and ninja opposed to go forward 
we're feeling really strong and up for it so keep supporting us and we will keep doing our best to rock you well that sounds like an extremely strong start to decade three to me um so yeah all i want to say is have a great celebration it's been fantastic to meet you all and sit down and have a chat here's to decade three with the 21st year but yeah have a great celebration and thanks very much for joining me We're going to leave you now with a few more tracks that have been selected by the Ninja Tune and Big Dadder artists. We'll hear music chosen by Mr Scruff, Toddler T, DJ Food and Dells, as well as Herbalizer, DJ Vadim, Funky Porcini, Jagger Jazzist. But we're going to kick it off with Roots Maneuver's choice, and uh, it's The Crow by DJ Food. I'd like to thank you for listening and obviously to DK for mixing and producing this podcast. I've been your host, Dexter, and uh, hopefully you'll tune into the next one. But for now, adios.
happens to be the only color of you, y'all. Huh? The root vibe is contact. Black flow from the southwest of Illa and Dia and the second nature I defend them rebel routine. I scheme and plot. Ain't no use in stepping if we don't step hot. Let them movements be made. There's goals to be getting. No second for no love in the fetting. Why there's all these ugly bands on my TV screen? I wrap my head with fur. Why? So I don't catch them beans. The sound of a downer. Don't pray for step solo. We far flung frontier. Captain Kirk, the sun. Trekker. Full time I climb. My chip deep. Taught as our soul sees the fort, the fruits of the roots, a vision of splendid splendidness. Now be proud to be spitting in the face of the beast. Each and every move I make, every shite I break. You might watch me, but I watch you too. Ain't a thing you can do to stop me. Boom, watch this. Watch these things I'm VR. How we juggle things. Pop off, man. Right now, I see clearer than most I sit here contending with this cheese on toast I feel the pain of a third world famine Said wait, we count them blessings and keep jamming Chism, scumbag, scum of the earth He's worth was nil until he gained the skill of tongues From 15 years young Straight to my grey back self I stay top shelf material Jerk chicken, jerk fish 
Break away, slave bliss. Generate G's and then be stashing with the Swiss. Fools can't see this. Under your pistols, a fist full of hip hop duns. I progressing in the flesh. Esoteric quotes, most frightening. Duppy took a hold of my hand while I was writing. Leg on me ting, Duppy, leg on me and. I summon up the power of Banana Clan. Witness the fitness. The Crawford's in living. One hope, one quest. Witness the fitness. The Crawford's in living. One hope, one quest. Witness the fitness. The Crawford's in living. One hope, one quest. Witness the fitness. The Crawford's in living. One hope, one quest.
clouds don't put up over his target. The target was there pretty as a picture. I made the run, let the bomb go. That was my greatest thrill. Thrill, thrill, thrill. Contaminate them. 